Maud Muller by John Greenleaf Whittier Maud Muller on a summer's day raked the meadow sweet with hay beneath her torn hat glowed the wealth of simple beauty and rustic health singing she wrought and her merry glee the mock bird echoed from his tree but when she glanced to the far off town white from its hill slope looking down the sweet song died and a vague unrest and a nameless longing filled her breast a wish that she hardly dared to own for something better than she had known the judge rode slowly down the lane smoothing his horse's chestnut mane he drew his bridle in the shade of the apple trees to greet the maid and asked a draught from the spring that flowed through the meadow across the road she stooped where the cool spring bubbled up and filled for him her small tin cup and blushed as she gave it looking down on her feet so bare and her tattered gown thanks said the judge a sweeter draught from a fairer hand was never quaffed he spoke of the grass and flowers and trees of the singing birds and the humming bees then talked of the haying and wondered whether the cloud in the west would bring foul weather and maud forgot her briar torn gown and her graceful ankles bare and brown and listened while a pleased surprise looked from her long-lashed hazel eyes at last like one who for delay seeks a vain excuse he rode away Maud Muller looked and sighed, "Ah me, that I the judge's bride might be! He would dress me up in silks so fine and praise and toast me at his wine. My father should wear a broadcloth coat, my brother should sail a painted boat. I'd dress my mother so grand and gay, and the baby should have a new toy each day. And I'd feed the hungry and clothe the poor, and all should bless me who left our door." The judge looked back as he climbed the hill and saw Maud Muller standing still. a form more fair a face more sweet ne'er hath it been my lot to meet and her modest answer and graceful air show her wise and good as she is fair would she were mine and i today like her a harvester of hay no doubtful balance of rights and wrongs nor weary lawyers with endless tongues but low of cattle and song of birds and health and quiet and loving words but he thought of his sisters proud and cold and his mother vain of her rank and gold so Closing his heart, the judge rode on, and Maud was left in the field alone. But the lawyers smiled that afternoon when he hummed in court an old love tune, and the young girl mused beside the well, till the rain on the unraked clover fell. He wedded a wife of richest dower, who lived for fashion as he for power. Yet oft, in his marble hearth's bright glow, he watched a picture come and go, and sweet Maud Muller's hazel eyes looked out in their innocent surprise. Oft. When the wine in his glass was red, he longed for the wayside well instead, and closed his eyes on his garnished rooms, to dream of meadows and clover blooms. And the proud man sighed with a secret pain, Ah, that I were free again, free as when I rode that day where the barefoot maiden raked her hay. She wedded a man unlearned and poor, and many children played round her door, but care and sorrow and childbirth pain left their traces on heart and brain. And oft, when the summer sun shone hot on the new-mown hay in the meadow lot, and she heard the little spring brook fall over the roadside, through the wall, in the shade of the apple tree, again she saw a rider draw his rein, and gazing down with timid grace, she felt his pleased eyes read her face. Sometimes her narrow kitchen walls stretched away into stately halls, the weary wheel to a spinet turned, the tallow candle and astral burned, and for him who sat by the chimney lug. Dozing and grumbling o'er pipe and mug, a manly form at her side she saw, and joy was duty and love was law.
Then she took up her burden of life again, saying only, it might have been. Alas for maiden, alas for judge, for rich reppiner and household drudge. God pity them both, and pity us all, who vainly the dreams of youth recall. For of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. Ah, well, for us all some sweet hope lies, deeply buried from human eyes, and, in the hereafter, angels may roll the stone from its grave away. The Barefoot Boy by John Greenleaf Whittier Read for LibriVox.org by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in July 2020 Blessings on thee, little man, barefoot boy with cheek of tan, with thy turned-up pantaloons and thy merry-whistled tunes, with thy red lip redder still kissed by strawberries on the hill, with the sunshine on thy face, through thy torn brim's jaunty grace. From my heart I give thee joy, I was once a barefoot boy. Prince thou art, the grown-up man only is republican, let the million-dollared ride. Barefoot, trudging at his side, thou hast more than he can buy in the reach of ear and eye. Outward sunshine, inward joy, blessings on thee, barefoot boy. Oh, for boyhood's painless play, sleep that wakes in laughing day, health that mocks the doctor's rules, knowledge never learned of schools, of the wild bee's morning chase, of the wild flower's time and place, flight of fowl and habitude, of the tenants of the wood, how the tortoise bears his shell, how the woodchuck digs his cell, and the ground mole sinks his well. How the robin feeds her young, how the oriole nest is hung, where the whitest lilies blow, where the freshest berries grow, where the ground nut trails its vine, where the wood grapes clusters shine, of the black wasp's cunning way, mason of his walls of clay, and the architectural plans of grey hornet artisans. For eschewing books and tasks, nature answers all he asks, Hand in hand with her he walks, face to face with her he talks, part and parcel of her joy, blessings on the barefoot boy. Oh, for boyhood's time of June, crowding years in one brief moon, when all things I heard or saw, me their master waited for. I was rich in flowers and trees, hummingbirds and honeybees. For my sport the squirrel played, plied the snouted mole his spade. For my taste the blackberry cone purpled over hedge and stone. Laughed the brook for my delight, through the day and through the night, whispering at the garden wall, talked with me from fall to fall. Mine the sand-rimmed pickerel pond, Mine the walnut slopes beyond, mine on bended orchard trees, apples of Hesperides. Still, as my horizon grew, larger grew my riches, too. All the world I saw or knew seemed a complex Chinese toy, fashioned for a barefoot boy. Oh, for festal dainty spread, like my bowl of milk and bread. Pewter spoon and bowl of wood on the doorstone, gray and rude, o'er me like a regal tent, 
cloudy ribbed the sunset bent purple curtained fringed with gold looped in many a wind-swung fold while for music came the play of the pied frog's orchestrae and to light the noisy choir lit the fly his lamp of fire i was monarch pomp and joy waited on the barefoot boy cheerily then my little man live and laugh as boyhood can though the flinty slopes be hard stubble-speared and new-mown sward every morn shall lead thee through fresh baptisms of the dew every evening from thy feet shall the cool wind kiss the heat all too soon these feet must hide in the prison cells of pride lose the freedom of the sod like a colt's for work be shod made to tread the mills of toil up and down in ceaseless moil happy if their track be found never on forbidden ground happy if they sink not in quick and treacherous sands of sin ah that thou couldst know thy joy ere it passes barefoot boy this librivox recording is in the public domain skipper ireson's ride of all the rides since the birth of time told in story or sung in rhyme on apuleius's golden ass or one-eyed calendar's horse of brass which astride of a human back islam's prophet on alboric the strangest ride that ever was sped was ireson's out from marblehead old floyd ireson for his hard heart tarred and feathered and carried in a cart by the women of marblehead body of turkey head of owl wings a droop like arraigned on fowl feathered and ruffled in every part skipper ireson stood in the cart scores of women old and young strong of muscle and glib of tongue pushed and pulled up the rocky lane shouting and singing the shrill refrain here's flood ireson for his hoard hoard toward and feathered and cord in a court by the women o morblade wrinkled scolds with hands on hips girls in bloom of cheek and lips wild-eyed free-limbed such as chase bacchus round some antique vase brief of skirt with ankles bare loose of kerchief and loose of hair with conch shells blowing and fish horns twang over and over the maenads sang here's flood orison for his hoard hoard toward and feathered and cord in a cord by the women o morblade small pity for him he sailed away from a leaking ship in shalor bay sailed away from a sinking wreck with his own town's people on her deck lay by lay by they called to him back he answered sink or swim brag of your catch of fish again and off hay sailed through the fog and rain old floyd ireson for his hard heart tarred and feathered and carried in a cart by the women of marblehead Fathoms deep in dark shalore that wreck shall lie forevermore. Mother and sister, wife and maid, looked from the rocks of Marblehead over the moaning and rainy sea, looked for the coming that might not be. What did the winds and the sea birds say of the cruel captain who sailed away? Old Floyd Ireson, for his hard heart, tarred and feathered and carried in a cart by the women of Marblehead. Through the street, on either side, up flew windows, doors swung wide, sharp-tongued spinsters, old wives gray, treble lent the fish horns bray. 
Sea-worn grandsires, cripple-bound, hulks of old sailors run aground, shook head, and fist, and hat, and cane, and cracked with curses the horse refrain, hears flood earson, fur his hoard hort, toward and feathered and cord in a court by the women o' morblade. Sweetly along the Salem road bloom of orchard and lilac showed. Little the wicked skipper knew of the fields so green and the sky so blue. Riding there in his sorry trim, like an Indian idol glum and grim, scarcely he seemed the sound to hear of voices shouting, far and near, here's Flood Earson, for his hoard hort, toward and feathered and cord in a court by the women o' Morblade. Hear me, neighbors. At last he cried, what to me is this noisy ride? What is the shame that clothes the skin to the nameless horror that lives within? Waking or sleeping, I see a wreck, and hear a cry from a reeling deck. Hate me and curse me, I only dread the hand of God and the face of the dead. Said old Floyd Ierson, for his hard heart, tarred and feathered and carried in a cart by the women of Marblehead. Then the wife of the skipper lost at sea said, God has touched him. Why should we? Said an old wife mourning her only son, cut the rogue's tether and let him run. So with soft relentings and rude excuse, half scorn, half pity, they cut him loose, and gave him a cloak to hide him in, and left him alone with his shame and sin. Poor Floyd Ierson, for his hard heart, tarred and feathered and carried in a cart by the women of Marblehead. The Pipes at Lucknow Pipes of the misty moorlands, voice of the glens and hills, the droning of the torrents, the treble of the rills. Not the braes of bloom and heather, nor the mountains dark with rain, nor maiden bower, nor border tower, have heard your sweetest strain. Dear to the lowland reaper, and plaited mountaineer, to the cottage and the castle the Scottish pipes and deer, sweet sounds the ancient pibroch o'er mountain, loch, and glade, but the sweetest of all music the pipes at Lucknow played. Day by day the Indian tiger louder yelled, and nearer crept, round and round the jungle serpent near and nearer circle swept. Pray for rescue, wives and mothers, pray today. The soldier said, Tomorrow, death's between us and the wrong and shame we dread. Oh, they listened, looked, and waited, till their hope became despair, and the sobs of low bewailing filled the pauses of their prayer. Then up spake a Scottish maiden, with her ear unto the ground, Dinna ye hear it? Dinna ye hear it? The pipes o' oh, Havelock sound. Hushed the wounded man his groaning, hushed the wife her little ones, alone they heard the drum roll and the roar of sepoy guns. But to sounds of home and childhood the highland ear was true, as her mother's cradle crooning the mountain pipes she knew. Like the march of soundless music through the vision of the seer, more of feeling than of hearing, of the heart than of the ear, she knew the droning pibroch, she knew the Campbell's call, hark. Hear ye no MacGregors, the grandest o' them all. Oh, they listened, dumb and breathless, and they caught the sound at last, faint and far beyond the Gumti rose and fell the piper's blast. Then a burst of wild thanksgiving mingled woman's voice and man's, God be praised, the march of Havelock. The piping of the clans. Louder, nearer, fierce as vengeance, sharp and shrill as swords at strife, came the wild MacGregor's clan call, stinging all the air to life. Sixty but when the far-off dust cloud to plaited legions grew, full tenderly and blithesomely the pipes of rescue blew. Round the silver domes of Lucknow, Moslem mosque and pagan shrine, breathed the air to Britain's dearest, the air of Auld Lang Syne. 
or the cruel roll of war drums rose that sweet and homelike strain, and the tartan clove the turban, as the gumti cleaves the plain. Dear to the cornland reaper and platted mountaineer, to the cottage and the castle the piper's song is dear. Sweet sounds the Gaelic pibroch o'er mountain, glen, and glade, but the sweetest of all music the pipes at Lucknow played. Barbara Fritchie by John Greenleaf Whittier Read for LibriVox.org by Jan McGillivray Barbara Fritchie Up from the meadows rich with corn, clear in the cool September morn, the clustered spires of Frederick stand green-walled by the hills of Maryland. Round about them orchards sweep, apple and peach tree fruited deep, fair as the garden of the Lord to the eyes of the famished rebel horde on that pleasant morn of the early fall when Lee marched over the mountain wall, over the mountains winding down, horse and foot, into Fredericktown. Forty flags with their silver stars, forty flags with their crimson bars, flapped in the morning wind. The sun of noon looked down and saw not one. Up rose old Barbara Fritchie then, bowed with her fourscore years and ten. Bravest of all in Fredericktown, she took up the flag the men hauled down. In her attic window the staff she set, to show that one heart was loyal yet. Up the street came the rebel tread, Stonewall Jackson riding ahead. Under his slouched hat, left and right he glanced. The old flag met his sight. Halt! The dust-brown ranks stood fast. Fire! Out blazed the rifle blast. It shivered the window, pane and sash. It rent the banner with seam and gash. Quick as it fell from the broken staff, Dame Barbara snatched the silken scarf. She leaned far out on the window sill and shook it forth with a royal will. Shoot, if you must, this old gray head, but spare your country's flag, she said. A shade of sadness, a blush of shame over the face of the leader came. The nobler nature within him stirred to life at that woman's deed and word. Who touches a hair of yon gray head dies like a dog. March on, he said. All day long through Frederick Street sounded the tread of marching feet. All day long that free flag tossed over the heads of the rebel host. Ever its torn folds rose and fell on the loyal winds that loved it well. And through the hill gaps sunset light shone over it a warm good night. Barbara Fritchie's work is o'er, and the rebel rides on his raids no more. Honor to her, and let a tear fall for her sake on Stonewall's bier. Over Barbara Fritchie's grave, flag of freedom and union wave. Peace and order and beauty draw round thy symbol of light and law, and ever the stars above look down on thy stars below. In Fredericktown. This recording is in the public domain.